Welcome one, welcome all. We're live on Berry Flow Upstream number 58. This one is entitled At Hot to honor the recent acquisition BlackBerry made for the real-time crisis management and communications platform. I'm here today with editor at CrackBerry, Miss DJ Reyes. How are you doing, DJ? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I appreciate you coming out because I know it's so late or, or rather early over there in the UK. So yeah, I do appreciate it's just you coming gone out. 1 a.m. <laughs> Turning to 1 a.m. That's it's crazy. Gone. No, it's it's gone 1 a.m. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have Crackberry's editor in chief, Blaze. How you doing, man? Can't complain. Back home now. Enjoying yeah, like, such a crappy weather. <laughs> I think you're being facetious there. You got your motivation and everything on too. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> As well, we have two developers with us. Brandon Orr was also an editor at Berryflow. How you doing, Brandon? Pretty good, pretty good. Been busy for the past uh, month or so, so sorry I haven't been on as much, but uh, glad to be back today. It, it's cool to see your new kind of backdrop. You're actually in your room instead of like crashing in your basement where your DJ yeah. studio is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your backdrop reminds me of one of those old T-Mobile wallpapers that they used to put on phones. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like a kind of like a nightclub or something, I guess. <laughs> In in his usual backdrop, we have Alex. How you doing, Alex? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's nice to see uh, that haircut, James. That everyone's just ignoring. He literally has no hair. <laughs> I was I wanted to see if anyone would be like, "Hey, uh, dude, what happened here? Where did Something I go?" Something feels different. Yeah. <laughs> it it feels a little lighter, a little bit more airy. So I guess that's a good thing. No, it was just it's hot. It's summer. Like over here, it's Florida. It's just too hot. So I had to I did. Give myself some room to breathe up top. Otherwise, I'm gonna like maybe bake my brain and <laughs> can't do these reoccurring podcasts on the weekly. So, um, I believe back on the 23rd, last Thursday, we had a security summit from BlackBerry. Chris was actually there, alive in attendance. Chris, give us some feedback. Give us a little recap. How was it for you? Did you stay awake through all of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, going into it, it was. You know, rather questionable as to whether or not BlackBerry would take the opportunity to, you know, go ahead and make some new announcements in regards to any devices or anything like that. I mean, with all the rumors, the Android rumors, and uh, you know, the the slider being out there and stuff like that. So at that point, you know, a lot of us probably expected something to be said about those sorts of things, but realistically, none of that happened. They they kept it exactly as it was supposed to be and as they led everybody to uh, to uh, believe. It was a security summit. That's exactly what they focused on. They never never strayed into, um, you know, any device talk or anything like that unless they were essentially forced to by the media. Uh, you know, they covered, covered the uh, ad hoc acquisition, which we'll get into a little bit later, of course. Uh, they covered... Uh, basically their whole security roadmap and I don't know it, it it basically laid out to to exactly what they said it would be you know a Blackberry security summit they focused on security what they're doing in security gave us uh, a demo of how a uh, insulin pump or sorry an IV pump could actually be hacked from from the outside and you know, they, they kept it straight and narrow with the with the security focus and I mean that as mostly everybody knows, that BlackBerry has always relied on security, and they they really hammered that home this time around. I think in in terms of, of getting the actual message out there that they're really really concerned with the the whole sec security aspect of things. Um, 
the main takeaway is at this point, I, I think it's safe to say that BlackBerry is really loading up on their security background. They're adding to it, and I don't think anybody at this point could say, you know, security isn't a top top priority for BlackBerry at this point in time. It's one of the key things that they're focusing on, and they're they're going to continue to hammer out acquisitions and everything like that 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 lean toward that security aspect. They have uh, a serious cache of security. Uh, features that are, are basically being rolled out, and I don't think anybody else can can compare to what they're doing in, in regards to security at this point in time. Like, not Apple, not Google, or anything. That's that's just their straight up key focus for for security. Yeah, you know, I think it was smart that they they, for instance, did that demonstration. <clears throat> um, you know, showing that that you can hack that because security is something that is very difficult to be seen. Um, it's something that people don't think about, and even when, say, Target gets scammed or hacked for tens of millions of credit card numbers and things, normally if your credit card number was taken in the hack, your credit card co- it's kind of like a little bit of a pain in the butt. The credit card company normally figures it out, and you don't end up losing money at the end of the day. It's a minor inconvenience, and when you kind of attribute it to life and death, um, it's a little bit easier to take it more seriously, I think. The fact that you could just be getting, you know, hospitalized and, and just trying to recover and someone can literally hack and kill you and they can be on the other side of the world, for instance. Like, that's a scary thing. And I think that's just, it's smart. One of the things, like, bringing in, you know, emotions-induced security, I think it's just a really smart thing. And it's something they have to do, I think, for people to just take it seriously. Yeah, one of the other things I read um, from the security summit is that BlackBerry was really pushing that they're a platform, I mean, um, uh, an OS agnostic platform. And, and one of the people, one of the journalists that wrote about the summit said was that there was actually more Android and, and iPhone devices there just to really reinforce the fact that, like, BlackBerry is no longer, you know, just the BlackBerry devices. They have a lot of services, security and otherwise that, that go cross-platform now. And I thought that was another interesting point that was brought up about the summit as well. Yeah, and it's a it's a very realistic point as well because, you know, even though they had they had all the demos and stuff like that that were set up for, you know, watchdogs and ad hoc and stuff, everything normally in previous events you would go to and you wouldn't necessarily see a Samsung Galaxy S6 sitting next to a BlackBerry or an iPhone sitting next to a BlackBerry, but this time around pretty much every demo station had different devices that were capable of these services being enabled on them. You know, Watch Docs had had the S6 sitting out and you know, uh, uh, the demonstration for the Bez had had an iOS device there and a Samsung device there. Pretty much, they said pretty much every station had multiple devices to to show off these demos and show how each one worked on those individual devices themselves. So, you know, it, BlackBerry has changed. They're they're device agnostic now. It doesn't matter what you're running. If you if they can go ahead and get the services on there, they're going to do it. I, I thought it was pretty interesting, and, and I want to get DJ's input on it because we all seem to have like taken something different from the security summit. DJ, on your end, did, did you happen to replay or, or watch it while it was live, and what did you take away from the actual security summit? So um, I 
didn't watch it live. I, I watched it later in the day. Um, like everyone else, the the, the hack was at, was very interesting to see. Um, you know that that demo was was a key part, I think, of the whole um, the whole uh, conference being, you know, about security. Um, they're obviously they like the acquisition. It's it's they're they're making acquisitions that make sense. They want to be um, on all devices, and they want to just you know branch out that security and get to everywhere. I think it's a good point. As they look to branch out, like you mentioned, they're kind of going odd places. Like the the ad hoc acquisition for me was kind of like filling a hole, right? Like crisis real time crisis communication is something BlackBerry didn't have as part of their platform. So as you said, as they're branching out, they're kind of filling in every aspect of what their platform may need. So there's a really good point there. What about this UK government guidance? We saw that basically they've updated some of their um, security guidelines and working to deploy both BES 12 and BlackBerry 10.3.1 and above. What do you guys think about a certification like this? I know Brandon spoke on it a little earlier and he was like, yeah, they're talking to people, right? They're getting things through the door, but I think it's important for them to be focusing on those key demographics, right? Because security yeah. is going to be this mounting thing. Well, uh, I could be wrong about this UK government guidance, but I thought it was kind of just an update to an existing kind of set of guidelines for security uh, within um, uh, government departments. And so I think it was just kind of an update to the previous mm. guidelines that was um, oriented around 10.2. OS and yeah. this is just an update for 10.3. So I mean, it's an, it's it's nice to see that they're updating and keeping it fresh uh, in terms of that. But I, 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 to me personally, I thought it was just another reinforcement that they they are trusted by the UK government. They are in that space. But on the other side, it's kind of like you know, this is what they've been doing all along. It's not anything new. Yeah, it's not it's not anything brand new. They were already certified. It's just a, a re-update of the the actual certification that was already in place. And, you know, that's that's not trying to downplay the significance of it because it is absolutely important that they maintain that stuff. But it's you know, it, it, it already existed. It's just a, a reiteration for the new operating system that, yes, the UK government can use it in those situations. And, you know, they they offer the exact same thing like Samsung. Samsung Knox got certified, and they do it, I think, pretty much on a yearly basis, they go through all the smartphone operating systems and determine whether or not they can actually be used within the UK government and uh, for basically work and personal circumstances. They just offer that guidance on on how IT administrators can essentially set up these devices to be in, in those uh, uh, areas of work and personal use so that everybody knows, like, yes, you can use this. And, you know, it, it gives guidance on how to go about setting it up so that it is secure in the most appropriate manner for that position. So it's just an update to it. There were some new security features that came with the 10.3.1 OS upgrade in particular. So it's good at least that they're being able to look through and certify those new features as well as they grow with kind of the whole certification process. So we saw the BlackBerry guidance. Let's dig in on this acquisition. DJ, 
what are some of your thoughts on the ad hoc acquisition? Do you think it's going to be a value add for them? Do you see them kind of bundling this service with something like Bez? Or do you think it's going to be more of a standalone play? Me personally, when I was looking at it, I just saw a bunch of customers that BlackBerry probably wants, right, or wants to recommit them yeah. to sell them stuff with. What, what were your thoughts? Um, that, that's exactly it. The, the, the companies that um, ad hoc, you know, are, are clients of ad hoc, that they're, they're huge. Um, it's definitely, obviously, BlackBerry trying to reach those, those um, customers um, so, you know, the, the technology as well as the, the, the customers, I think. And Blaze, what about you, man? Do you think this is going to be something that BlackBerry can really, like, get sustainable revenue recurring from? Or do you feel like it's just, like, a hole for them to fill in the overall platform and offering? Um, I don't know. I think they can eventually make some revenue from it, of course, because... As you know, government spend lots and lots of money on lots of different things. They just blow money the way that they can. Um, but I mean, I think one way to to look at the ad hoc situation. And I was I was talking with uh, with Douglas from Mobile Syrup, who actually used to work at BlackBerry previously. But uh, if you guys remember, like 9/11 and stuff like that, uh, BlackBerry had essentially the they they built the scenario. During 9/11, where they were the serv one of the only services at that point in time that actually worked, like people were trying to communicate the cell phone towers were down, stuff like that, and it didn't actually work. Uh, you know, the other services, the other provider services, didn't actually work. BlackBerry was one of the ones that that worked during that time, um, so that that sort of gave them the the credibility and, and the I guess the reputation as being a service which works in those crisis scenarios, right? Um, but essentially, that that service that was available at that point in time no longer, it, it technically no longer exists. Like, if, if heaven forbid, 9-11 were to happen again today, that infrastructure is essentially gone now. Like, they can't rely on that exact same infrastructure anymore because it's gone. It's no longer in place. Where they already have that reputation of being capable of... of of handling these situations in crisis management and such, they, they sort of needed something to go ahead and replace it and keep it going. Like, they have that reputation. They needed something to go ahead and, and continue that reputation, and ad hoc is is sort of that thing that actually replaces it. Uh, it, it comes down to how they're actually going to integrate it. I believe John Chen said that, you know, um, they're going to integrate it directly into BBM and stuff like that, which would be absolutely amazing because... You know, they, they're already on Android, they're already on iOS. I, I, I'd seen that uh, when the acquisition was announced, a lot of people were saying, well, there's no BlackBerry 10 app. Well, that's kind of the point. Like, There doesn't necessarily need to be a BlackBerry 10 app because BBM is going to be the BlackBerry 10 app. Uh, they're going to integrate it, and hopefully they'll, you know, hopefully they'll turn some, some uh, profit on the actual acquisition and, you know, Again, governments like to spend money on those things. And the other side of the ad hoc thing is that it's a great acquisition, and you know you can sell people on the idea that you need this stuff. But it, it at the end of the day, it's one of those services that you kind of hope that you don't ever actually have to use. Like you, when it, when you want it uh, to to be there, you want it to work. But 
realistically, you don't want to you don't want to actually have to use it because that means that you're in a in a crisis situation, and you know there could be lives at risk at that point in time. So. I don't know. It's definitely a good acquisition to have, and good good to have them added to their portfolio. And I think it's it's one of those things that will eventually turn a profit for them. And if nothing else, it 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 made the media essentially look at BlackBerry in a different different aspect as well, because it it hammered home that that security aspect once again, because that was that was the, the ad hoc acquisition was something that I don't think anybody even like thought of or even saw coming, so right. It's hard to see a synergy there. It's it's definitely going to do well for them, I think. And it it seems like they also kind of want to ad hoc, maybe like it just kind of seems like it was a perfect thing, right? Maybe not that one approach the other, but it just kind of was a natural marriage. As BlackBerry looks to try to expand their global footprint, so does ad hoc, right? Most of the customers we saw were in North America, we're in the U.S. They're expanding into Canada, they're expanding into Australia, areas where BlackBerry has a good enterprise footing. So again, it just kind of makes sense to help everybody expand their business practices. What about you, Brandon? What are some of your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, um, some of you might know I've been working uh, for the Toronto Pan Am Games. And, and what I've noticed a lot through events and, and, and other areas that require security is that there's also a very vital aspect that requires the dissemination of information um, that's related to security threats. Um, and so ad hoc here, this acquisition plays really well with BlackBerry because they have the security aspect of it already, but now they have another aspect, kind of a communication aspect, where they can disseminate messages and alerts to people depending on security threats. Um, that can range from traffic alerts, uh, that can range from, from a whole multitude of different types of alerts, and that's what I, what, that's what I gathered ad hoc um, it does primarily. I don't know if, if if any of you can maybe educate me a bit more on what it does. I've been trying to find information on it. Um, that's what I've kind of found. It seems like they do have some kind of integration within their communicate their secure communication systems into things like fire alarms and other sensors. So I think can BlackBerry add a value to that with maybe their IP and patent portfolio? Who knows, right? They yeah. they have a key aspect of this in the automotive and healthcare sector where real-time alerts can be very, very beneficial, right? So there could be a real-time alert every time you hit a pothole and it goes and communicates out to a different system, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe a piece of medical equipment's failing and it needs an update or something like that, right? So there seems to be some kind of proposition as part of their overall cohesion of their platform that they're going to be able to bring this together in an interesting way. Alex, what were some of your thoughts on it, man? Do you think this is going to be a good move for BlackBerry? And if it if it, it's not, what's something you'd like to see them focus on in the enterprise space? Because really, they've they've almost got everything covered at this point. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I guess personally, you know, you could kind of see some things that they're going to do with it, but it's more so seeing how the media is is you know reenacting to it, and it seems to be fairly positive. So if the media is happy with it, then I'm happy with it. They could use any good media possible, um, and in terms of what they can do. I I don't really know. I mean, for enterprise, I, I really think it would be nice to get blend cross-platform and start really, you know, building security in with communication. And um, I don't know, though. It, it's kind of like we're, we're just waiting at this point to see what they, they choose to do. I, I don't know. I kind of... Uh, it's becoming more and more difficult to really see what, what BlackBerry's plans are 
the longer we go. We're kind they of have, right they, before they have, the an ex- they have an exclusive Verizon super phone coming just for you, Alex. You know what? I hear I hear that's in the works. So. <laughs> and, and it runs, uh, what's Brandon's favorite operating system? iOS, Android, Tizen. 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 Yeah. We, we had a little bit of discussion here about the ad hoc acquisition. As well, we saw some new approvals for BlackBerry at the DoD. What do you guys think? Again, this kind of falls in line with the same security guidelines, right? They have DoD approvals already, but now what it seems they're going to be able to do is use the actual BlackBerry smartphone as a key card to access different areas of like the business, which I think is super cool. It's going to save them some money. What did you guys think about the latest DoD approval? Did you guys read up on it? Didn't actually sit down and read through it. I mean, it's like you said, it follows along the same lines as one as the UK guideline update. It's just basically another another uh, another notch in their security belt, basically for the DoD to go ahead and and use BlackBerry devices should they decide to. Unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily train. Like we don't. On our end, we don't get to see whether or not the DoD is actually out there purchasing those devices or anything like that. But it comes down to the fact that if they do want to go ahead and purchase it, at least that, at least they're certified for it. And if they do go ahead and buy any and put them into their into their uh, channels for their their users, right? The DoD, it, the thing with the DoD is like. There's they so many, everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. They test everything, they use everything, and as I'm sure all all of us here know, like we've all read the headlines that, you know, the US Navy or whatever, the US Air Force or whatever is moving away from Blackberry devices, all those all those dramatic headlines. But the the thing is is that the DOD is so expansive, each department could have their own sort of guidelines and rules for as to which devices that they can use. You know, there's there's no there is standards. I don't want to say that there's not set standards because there realistically is. I mean, that's the whole basis of the DoD. But when you when you read those headlines and stuff like that about the DoD switching from BlackBerry to iOS or to I, from Android or whatever, you know that that you don't you don't really get get a broad aspect of which department of the DoD that is. It's one thing to say it's the U.S. Air Force or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the whole damn Air Force is going to switch off of off of BlackBerry devices. It could just be, you know, a hundred users in one section of the United States Air Force that has been switched off, uh, whatever. And you know, the the DoD is very broad when it comes to comes to the devices that they use and stuff like that. Um, and I I think all those headlines are are over. Overly dramatic, so you can't really can't really judge those headlines. And to say that the like the DoD is moving away from BlackBerry devices isn't necessarily true because it could just be a few departments that are moving away from it. So at least now they they have the approvals, they have the new guidelines that are in place, and you know there are there's there's still going to be certain certain portions of the DoD that are actually out there using those BlackBerry devices because it is secure for their environment, right? It's interesting that in the actual read-up for it, it mentions credentials for BlackBerry OS and BlackBerry 10. So as you said, as there's so many different layers to the DoD, wherever those BlackBerry devices are, they have the potential to be used as a key card 
into different regions of, of the business. So I think it's kind of cool, at least for their unclassified networks that they have that kind of access. I have to carry a badge, and I hate when I leave it at home. I never leave my phone at home, you know? So it is a, a convenience thing, and it probably cuts down on some costs there about as well. So we'll move on from that because there really wasn't too much to say on it. But let's talk about Dallas passing through the FCC. Do you really think this is something we're going to see in North America, maybe even in the UK, or is it really going to be something that's focused over in some of those emerging markets? What about you, DJ? Do you, do you like the BlackBerry Dallas device? Is it something you're interested in or, or not really from a design perspective? No, I mean, the rumor is that it's more or less the same specs as the Passport, right? The, the normal one. So I, I don't see it coming here. Um, it's you know it's very hard to get um, devices here anyway on on the networks. Um, but it's I mean I, I like the way that the original passport looks like. So I don't know it's if it's it's probably just going to be emerging markets maybe. I am I'm not too interested in it myself. It looks kind of just like just broken down, right? We've seen the original Passport and all its glory, and all these iterations, these new ones, just, they all, like, are less than, in my opinion. That's yeah, it just looks like the yeah. AT&T Passport, except a little yeah. bit higher build quality. Hope, yeah. At least from the picture, it looks like it's more it metal than it's better in person, though. I mean, I began with saying that, you know, a Passport's a Passport, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look really that appealing, but John Chen and Marty Beard were using them, and I saw them up nice and close. I didn't get to hold it or anything, but like I was, I was close enough to see it in person and be like, eh, maybe I need one of those just to add to the collection. Do you like the way it feels compared to... I mean, you have the AT&T one. I mean... Which yeah, one do you prefer? I, haven't had, I haven't had any hands-on time with it, so I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. It, it, all I can say is that it looks better, at least visually in person, in person <laughs> than it does than in the pictures, which, you know, most cases that's that's usually the scenario, anyways, because you know when the when the passport first started, well, the original, people, yeah, people, yeah, people hated it, and yeah. now it's like one of the most beloved mm -hmm. devices that BlackBerry put out, so. Yeah, I guess what's more comfortable, the AT&T version or the original? And you could probably say, you know, the Dallas is going to probably feel more like the AT&T version. Um, I don't know. I haven't used the AT&T version, so I don't know. I just wish they'd hurry up and announce it because, quite honestly, I'm kind of tired of talking about it. That's very true. Out yeah. there. I mean, if, when your CEOs are, are like, not in public. to hide the fact that it exists, yeah. then where the hell is it? Like, our, at this point, I'm starting to wonder if we're even ever actually going to see it or if it's just, like, something that they produced internally and now they have to, like, file off the records for it. You know? Yeah. It, there's there's no sign of it actually being released anywhere as of yet, which is kind of weird because it's sitting at the FCC. It's certified for Malaysia and Indonesia and Singapore, so where the hell is it? Why does this find it? Find it, Chris. <laughs> find it for us. <laughs> the one Dallas device that there may be out there. I mean, 
if it sells the device, it sells the device, and BlackBerry needs to make money. So my thing is, like, you put a device out. Is it going to run BlackBerry 10? Is it going to run Android? And then why? <laughs> you know? Like, why would you put that out and then, like, bring a slider device right afterwards? Or depending on how you roll out a device like that. I'm with Chris. It just feels kind of, like, misplaced at this point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just part of the, the old kind of... You know, paradigm of releasing certain devices and things, and they're obviously gonna like how much time goes into you know going just through the process to bring a phone to market, and you're talking about you know mo- like changing the phone around a little bit. I understand the AT&T one; they kind of forced them to do it, but like this is essentially a passport. If it's going to be similar specs to a passport, why go through all of this work to even get it to go to market and just deal with all of this? Um, so I, I feel like all this is just going to slow down. We're not going to see as much of this is going on. Well, didn't John Chen, didn't John Chen say that they're basically just going to come up with like one or two devices per year? So yeah. if that's the case, and this takes up one of those slots. Yeah, which it's, I don't know. he means like starting the year or something. Um, I find it kind of weird, like, did anyone else find it weird um, that he kind of, like, just randomly said in the middle of an interview that, and that was, like, the first time really hearing about one to two devices, I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere that he brought it up, and obviously we may have seen it coming, but I felt like it was kind of a strange way to, uh, yeah, Chris, what do you think? I don't know. It was it was one of those things that I agree. It absolutely sort of like came up out of the middle of nowhere, and you know he just kind of randomly said it. Honestly, I I don't place too much thought into what he actually says in terms of the the reducing devices. I mean, it sounds like they they have to reduce devices at some point in time, but it just seems like I don't know. It was it was all too random. Yeah. It's it's probably like an obvious thing that they've been leading toward for a while, right? I mean, you put the leap out, you put all these devices out, even classic and passport. You put marketing in a very key demographic. You put it to specific user groups, but you don't put else much behind it. And we've seen the earnings calls come through. We've seen how many devices and what volume they're actually selling at about a million a quarter for four a year. So it just makes sense to cut down that focus and focus on like two or three maybe really, really good devices, or go the Dallas route and maybe you, you build four of the different regions, right, and give them a region-specific device. Regardless, as they really focus on, like, the Internet of Things and, uh, and focus on, obviously, the IoT platform that they have, I think there's a lot more they can bring to the table in terms of an experience outside of devices because the devices at this point are just not selling. <laughs> Brandon's trashing the Dallas here in our group chat, man. <laughs> Tell us how you feel, Brandon. Uh, let's be honest. It sucks. Like it's just like whatever. Like everybody just wants the slider. Just come up with the slider. Just release the slider. Like that's all you have to do to make like the fans you have happy. Just do that. Don't do this other stuff. Just just put the passport specification. I mean, I don't even know if the slider is gonna make everybody happy though, because there's there's those people that want just a flat out. Full, straight, full-touch device. Oh, okay, but this is the issue with BlackBerry since I've been following them. How long ago did they tease the slider? How many months ago was it? Back oh, in the It's like half a year, right? 
almost. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, they teased it half a year. By the time it comes out, they're gonna have teased it so much. By the time it comes out, it's gonna be so underwhelming that everybody's yeah. gonna be like, "What's like? Why am I gonna get this device now? Like, it's a device that you obviously had six months ago, um, and you're just bringing it out now." Uh, I, that might not be the case. That's probably not the case, but that's how people are gonna think about it, right? And so they just need to they need to really focus on getting that one device out. And if John Chen, his comments are true, and he wants to focus on that one device, he's really got to hammer that one device out. Yeah. And get it out in a timely fashion, um, and keep, get it out while the hype is there. Because I yeah. know uh, when they first announced it, my hype level was like up here yeah. about the slider. Mm. Now I'm kind of like you know, they got they got to it. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah, maybe it was, been doing that though. Like they've done that for yeah. years, and that, as much as we say BlackBerry is changing, it seems like that's one of the things that hasn't changed. Is is when they actually tease devices, the time frame from when they tease devices to when they actually launch it. Because I mean, even the BlackBerry Classic was announced almost like a year before it actually even showed up. So yeah. I feel like they're being pressured into like you need to show us something, and they and they're kind of maybe getting excited or something or trying to tell people to hold off or like relax. We'll be there, but like for from what from when they showed off the slider, I think it was very obvious that it was like very 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 like alpha stages. Like the OS on it may have been a screenshot, and like yeah, I don't even think what they showed off was real. Yeah, so it, it, it was a duct tape playbook. <laughs> Yeah, which seems a little bit bizarre that they even showed it off. Like, was it Chen just like, we're going to show something? Like, I feel like Chen has definitely changed even since then. Like, he was trying to bring hype in some way, shape, or form, but, like, the past few months, he's been, like, silent, and he's been, like... I've, he's just so much different than he was even at the beginning of the year, and I wonder if it's them trying to figure out what's going on here or this is, was their plan all along. But I just think that things are changing, and maybe they're just trying to... You know, be careful with the stock and with all these Android rumors slash whatever's going on with Android. I think they're just trying to play it careful, and, and they've actually changed um, the plan a little bit from the beginning of the year, but I don't know. DJ, where do you stand on a slider device? Is that something you're interested in? Yes. Um, yes. Um, when I saw yeah, it... When, when, <laughs> See, the Torch device was my favorite legacy device, and I I definitely would like to get my hands on the slider. I, I, I like that form factor. Will you buy it or get it if it runs Android? <laughs> I probably still will. Whether it becomes my like daily driver, then I don't know if, if it runs Android. It depends um, how... Um, you know, what the outcome is and how they do that, but I want the device, yes. Um, but I'd rather it be BlackBerry 10 than Android on there. Thank you. you Thank know, you. The, Alex is I Alex wants an Android device so no, bad. No, no, no. Let's throw Alex under the bus there. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of curious because I guess the, the big question is, say compare the slider 
to just every other Android phone and the iPhone. So, like, forget BlackBerry 10 exists for a second. Would this slider device be interesting enough for you to go for it as an Android device compared to other Android devices? I think if they get the specs right, then, like, you can get a, finally get, like, a full touch device and a solid keyboard going. I think if even if I was a full, like, Android user, always using Android, never gave a crap about BlackBerry, I think that device would be interesting to me if, you know, maybe say that it was Legacy a while back and I used the keyboard and the old cla- or, um, curves and everything. I think this might be an interesting device, even if it was just, like, a straight Android, you know, competitor kind of thing. But yeah, I don't think we're going to use that. We discussed it before, like, you know, there's there's plenty of Android users out there who wish to return black back to the to the keyboard and the slider yeah, or the keyboard, right? It's just that they don't want they don't want anything else that has to come with BlackBerry. They just don't want any of it. They just want, you know, the regular stuff. Well they want they the want BlackBerry you know I think that's just you, Alex. You're the only one who wants the hub on Android. Dude, everyone wants the hub. Are you kidding me? Oh. On Android? And yeah, BlackBerry, I prefer the BB10 hub, man. Yeah. Well, if BlackBerry obviously. went Android, I would probably, you know, I mean, that's it. Like, the if BlackBerry went Android, what option would there be? It'd just be iOS and Android, or, you know, I could always go to Tizen or, or Firefox. Or... Stop with the Tizen and Firefox. Can <laughs> <laughs> we go on to no Tizen or Firefox? Yeah, no, honestly, yeah. If BlackBerry went Android, I mean, like, I'd almost kind of, I'd almost ha- have no choice but to yeah. go... Android, because right now, half of the apps I use are, unfortunately, Android applications. Yep. <laughs> and so I would assume, like, I'm probably more familiar with how to use Android apps at this point than I would be going back to using iOS apps like I used them, like, six years ago. Um, so I just, like, I think for most people, if BlackBerry did switch, most people would probably you know, have to deal with it. And I, and I don't think you'd see too many people go over to to iOS, personally. See, for, for me, what, what, what the stopgap that gets me is that for BlackBerry to go Android doesn't mean they have to not go BlackBerry 10, right? Yeah. We don't know if there's going to be a, a specific device that runs Android or maybe the whole fleet of devices goes Android. But I still think if they slowly, slowly develop BB10... As they have been, right? The, the OS updates have been very slow the last six months. But they're very slow, incremental, focusing on enterprise, focusing on security and productivity, collaboration. And then you have a consumer option as well. You kind of can play to both sides because there's still some values on BB10, I think. The, the issue I found with that, James, is that that's a perfectly valid point. But for someone like, like me, for instance, as a consumer, if BB10 starts becoming strictly an enterprise option and Android is going to be a consumer option... Um, to me, I'm personally not really going to care that much about BlackBerry 10 because it's just not going to be the avenue I'm going to be and that's approaching, okay, and that's perfectly and fine. That's okay. um, I just think for a lot of people that are currently using BlackBerry 10, that's going to be disappointing for them. But do you yeah. think... Like, regardless, <laughs> even if BlackBerry 10 does still survive and does still have a future in the enterprise space, it's still going to be... Uh, disappointing to a lot of people that love it and use it now. But do you think they can eventually get to a point where where Android is running decently on BlackBerry 10, like this runtime? Can they maybe two years down the line, if, if they kind of took BB10 out of the limelight for a bit and just use it in an enterprise where they had to, could they eventually get it to a level 
where they could then reintroduce it into the consumer market, but it actually be running Android apps nicely through the runtime, but still be BlackBerry 10? Like, can they just, you know, shelf it, work on it in the private for a bit, and then reintroduce it a couple years back? I mean, what, what's the difference between that and these other companies just having, like, these launchers and, agreed, and their other agreed. tweaks to Android? I, it's such a viable opportunity for them to put BB10 on the back burner, and then, again, let it mature, build out the feature set. But I think it's going to feed back, right? You build an Android device, you get people looking at your products in a different way, yeah. and then BB10 is still an option. And Brandon's, Brandon's point is accurate, where a lot of the consumer interest, if you're that kind of user, for you, you're going to default over to the Android version, right? But I see people all the time in, in news media and in, in corporate communications who have two devices. They have an yep. iPhone for personal, and then they have their BlackBerry for communication. I think a slider may belay that duality, right? It may finally give people that one device that they can use for everything because they can get on Snapchat or whatever else. I was wondering what BlackBerry announcing an Android device would actually do to BlackBerry 10 sales, like in, in, the, in, the, in the direct aftermath. Like, how many people would go out and start hoarding BlackBerry 10 devices? Like, Nobody. all those people that were waiting, like, for the, the passport to lower, uh, go to a lower price. Would, would those people who love BlackBerry 10 go out and just like no. buy the passport at that point? I think oh, it would be a good idea. Buy the boxes, you know? <laughs> they could just go on Craigslist and, 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 and start getting devices for dirt cheap because it's an extinct platform at that yeah, point. If they, then, well, yeah, if they cease to update it, then do you really want that necessarily? Like, I mean, sure, if they keep updating in the background, but if it's if it's not as much of a focus, they probably won't be doing as many consumer updates to it. So do you really want a phone that's not going to be updated for months at a time? So it's like one part of me is like, yeah, legacy, buy a bunch of legacy devices because it doesn't exist anymore. But then it's like, well, the OS isn't being updated anymore. Do you really want a phone that's not updated? It starts getting vulnerable to, I don't know. It's a trade-off. People only care about that for like a year or two. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to switch to another device in a year or two anyways, right? Yeah. That's why I think it's going to work because by the time they introduce devices like the Classic 2 or maybe even a Passport 2, again, BB10 is going to have a more mature offering. And maybe it's an Android one, right? and that Google is the one updating it, but I do think they're going to be able to slowly and surely keep developing BB10. I think there is an enterprise need for it still. There's things you can accomplish on BB10 from a productivity and security perspective that you can get close on Android, but it's never going to be the same. And again, if, you, if you're that diehard corporate user, I think the sector for which you use a BlackBerry 10 device is going to be imperative because governments don't necessarily want people like you and I running around with a BlackBerry 10 device, right? They probably prefer us on an Android or iPhone type device. So again, there may be more yeah. of a separation as time comes between a device for enterprise and corporate, a BlackBerry device for enterprise yeah. and corporate, and a BlackBerry device for consumer and everybody else, even if you're in a business, right? Because you still have Bez and all the other additives on the security layers on the back end there. But you know, they brought Chen brought that up during one of the interviews with, with the news station where he kind of said, you know, it, it's kind of conflicting because we say that we focus on enterprise, but, you know, the people working in enterprise are, are consumers too. So as much as we say we're creating an enterprise device, well, then that becomes the problem. You're going to have two devices. You're going to have a BlackBerry and an iPhone. You, you can't necessarily just say we're just an enterprise device because enterprise people are consumers. So, like, at least they understand yeah. that it's problematic in a way. Um, I mean, he said it. It came straight from his mouth. So, like, it's just confusing because 
you got another brand, another brand that's really well known for their enterprise use would be Hewlett Packard. Hewlett Packard is, is used in a lot of companies in enterprise space, but they're also used in the consumer space. And it's like, you know, there could be, they could strike that balance. Um, they could focus on enterprise, but, and not sh like shut out the consumer space. And I think that's what John Chenis is kind of alluding to is that maybe they shouldn't be uh, locking out that consumer space. But right now, I think it's kind of, it's a little confusing for someone looking from the outside in on BlackBerry. They just don't, they don't know what to make of it. They don't, they don't know whether they should get a BlackBerry 10 device because everybody's talking about that typical uh, BlackBerry Android device. It's just a really confusing time to be a BlackBerry fan. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, I'm confused. I don't know I think, do I think part of that comes from the messages that John Chen's putting out there because, I mean, no one, I don't think anybody here could realistically say that John Chen has a, a direct 100% clear no. message. Like, it just seems like there's tons of stuff that he, he keeps putting out there, but it doesn't seem like any one of those messages is actually clear as to what the direction is in terms of BlackBerry because, like, like Brandon said, we have these Android rumors. We have, you know, the security focus. All of a sudden, BlackBerry is going to stop making devices or drop down to one or two devices. It's all, I don't know, it's all very confusing in terms of what what messages are actually being delivered. And I wish, I wish they would just come out and directly say, like, one way or another. Like, yes, we're going to 100% dedicate everything to software and enterprise and... You know, we're leaving consumers behind, or whatever the case may be. I just wish they would would clarify that message 100%. Because, like Brandon said, as a, as a BlackBerry fan and a BlackBerry user, it's all very confusing. I can't, and, and you know, each and every one of us here are individuals who follow BlackBerry news very carefully. So, if we're sort of confused in terms of the messaging, what does that mean for people who aren't? following BlackBerry news on a constant basis, you know, and, and are on the outside looking in. I don't I don't think I don't think the, the, the current current strategy, so to speak, is helping clarify their message in any sort of way. It just seems kinda kinda random. I mean, obviously there is a strategy. Um, you know, John Chen was put in place for that exact reason. He's very good with the strategies, but uh, I think he just sort of you know, he kind of needs to get his shit together and get the message clear. Uh, it's it's still very confusing. You heard it here. John Chan, come on. Seriously, yeah. Another thing that's uh, that's kind of worrisome um, that's going to be coming up soon is that John Chen, he's been quoted saying that BlackBerry is going to be profitable by fiscal 2016. And so if he doesn't produce... Those numbers this year, it's the the stock's gonna get hammered. I mean, you can't. The stock's already that. getting hammered, dude. <laughs> well, it's gonna be hammered even more. Like it's still 100% higher than its lowest it was last year. So I mean, like, I don't from know. A strategy, from spot. a strategy perspective, it makes sense to build your service revenue back because your device sales are declining, and that's where your service revenue was. If they build $500 million a year worth of software revenue, then they can focus on the more devices and focus back in that arena again. But right now, like you said, Brandon, he's got to hit that deadline. He's got to hit that mark, and he needs to make BlackBerry profitable by doing something they have not done before. They have to go back to it and, and get it together. So Yeah. 
I'm I still think I mean BlackBerry Ten is great. There's there's an opportunity for them to run Android better on BlackBerry Ten and maybe satiate some of our needs, right? Maybe there's a top level agreement with Google or something that yeah. it takes over and we get what we need one way or another, right? Because ultimately we just need better performance on Android and services. And I think John Chen could find a way to get to Google and make that happen. Yeah, like I'm on the I'm on the latest BlackBerry 10.3 OS, uh, beta OS, and like sometimes Instagram, like I don't know, it's like two out of three times yeah, I get yeah, an Instagram yeah. notification in my hub, but it's not like a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, so like things like that, James, um, they could do things like that better integrate. And I know we've, we've talked about this in the past uh, ad nauseum, but you know, better integration in terms of notifications with Android uh, apps and, and and maybe headless functionality for Android apps. Uh, on BlackBerry 10 could be a, a good way to get a lot of people happy um, and, and, and use some of those apps more effectively. DJ, what device are you currently using now? Are you, are you using a Classic? Yeah, I'm currently using the Classic. I've been using it for about a month already because um, I got a white one. So that's what I'm using. So fancy, so fancy. <laughs> I don't even have a Classic. What the hell? <laughs> or you never have one yet. DJ, on, wanna... your, on your classic, do you use more BlackBerry 10 native, or do you do you have like a, a substantial number of Android apps that you run on it as well? No, mostly it's it's um, native apps. Um, there's only a few Android apps that I use. If there's a native version, I'll use it. Um, a few, just a few Android apps on mine. It's good, keeping it holistic. I like that. <laughs> Whereas Brandon yeah. and Alex's devices are just all Android apps. <laughs> yeah. No, I just it's, install the Android apps I need. I use a few. I use, like, maybe three or four Android apps. I'll, I'll name them out right here. Like, I use Spotify, Fitbit, and Instagram, straight flexing. Uh, so that's three that I use that are Android. Oh, and uh, Nike Plus running. I use it just because I was using it like way back when, and I hate like having to switch my running app, and it works quite well. Um, but for the majority, I use native apps. They're a lot better and a lot cleaner. Like for instance, my go-to app every day that I always look at is of course the uh, Crackberry and Berryflow apps, which are beautifully done in native. Um, but in terms of other social networking, Reddit Emotion is a pretty top-notch yeah. native yeah. app that I use daily. It's it's so funny because I feel like if like the term BlackBerry Balance and like they're using it in this way that no one has really touched it unless you're actually on Bez, but I feel like if they somehow utilize that to be like Android section and BlackBerry section, BlackBerry is for work and Android is for consumer. Like you can have two devices on one phone, kind of, and hypervisor. Be pretty cool. But can, yeah. they, but can they legally pull it off? That'll be the question. Yeah comes next. I appreciate having all of you guys' input on this particular upstream. I think it was nice to kind of come back from an awesome security summit where they leveraged again that they are a leading class in this market. There is no one who knows security as well and as long as BlackBerry. And that pedigree is something they obviously want to continue pushing forward. So I, again, appreciate having you all on to talk about the acquisition and some of the latest news. DJ, it was great having you on. Thank you for staying up so late with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Thanks. Thanks for watching, guys. Later. Bye.